Shortly after being involved in a web of corruption, Sarah becomes tied to a mysterious house. Somebody write this. And welcome to Somebody Write This, where we use a random plot generator to give us an idea and then brainstorm how that could be a thing somebody might want to write. I'm Hannah. And I'm Jenny. And here to help us with our brainstorming, our guest today is Allie Little. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. As we were talking a little bit before the show about what kind of intrigues you and draws you into storytelling, one of the things that you mentioned that you wanted to talk about a little bit was alternate histories and futures. I'm all about <laughs> looking at things through slightly different lenses of alternate history and alternate futures. So I would love to, let's have you kind of start off and take that away and give us like a, a beginning sentence of your thoughts on this, what you like, what you don't. Do you write this? Do you read this? And then we'll go from there and just kind of chat about this. I sort of write this. I love reading about it. One of the things I would love to have is almost like a test world where I could go back Mm. and change something really big in history, like a disaster or a really monumental event and see the consequences of it down the line. Alternate futures is kind of a fun way to put it because we don't really know what an alternate <laughs> it's future alter- is actually It's all gonna... an alternate future. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's going to happen one way or the other. But exploring just the many different paths, you know, things could take. What if this had gone one way as le- the world is going right now? We're at a, a sort of, you know, a general point, not an exact point, but, you know, mm-hmm. things that are going on in the world and, and just kind of spitballing in terms of, you know, where this could go, where that could go. I think part of that is just because, you know, my life is not really stable. <laughs> so <laughs> just, you know, kind of, uh, I've been uh-huh. and, and always having a kind of an overactive imagination from being, you know, when I was a kid. I definitely read a lot of alternate history stuff and it gets fascinating, really, I think. When I think of alternate history, I think of there being kind of two tracks that this can take is one is you have the ones where the alternate history is looking at our history and trying to change it for the better. Uh You know, it's the stories about people were going to go back in time and kill Hitler kind of thing. And then on the flip side, there were what if this went differently and now the world is way worse for it. (laughs) And so we have sort of these, you know, look, and obviously the world is more complex than that. One thing doesn't actually change, you know, whether the world is good or bad in a lot of ways. But I'm curious as to whether there's one that you're more interested in. It depends. I I kind of read both. It depends on how well it's written. What's really important for me, as I I listened to like last week's episode or last the last episode that you guys recorded, and and is some tie to reality, like even Uh in um, a, a magical world, a fantasy world, and everything. Reading you know books like that, if they follow a system and they don't, uh, it's like suddenly the character has this you know super wand of whatever, or can go over nine thousand or whatever, <laughs> then it takes away from the reality of what you've you know developed in the world. And if you can stay true to that, then that's fine. If you can't, if you continually overpower your hero, for example, and there are many other ways. To, to screw this up too and I don't really write you know any real fantasy because of this because mm-hmm. it does require a lot of you know serious world building yeah yeah 
then then it, it makes it completely you know screwed over so sometimes i focus i suppose a bit too much on the complexities and the little little details but you can't just have somebody go back and kill hitler and then suddenly oh the world is beautiful it's <laughs> yeah right. nothing wrong no as corruption. if nothing else would ever go wrong yes <laughs> right like, right it's beautiful or you know you go back and kill hitler and suddenly the world is completely like run by some unknown dictator who rose from nowhere right. and whatever right. and suddenly or like who was his right hand man yeah i can't remember yeah, his name, or, but like, or whomever yeah yeah and no now we're you know run by some bizarre french canadian dictator who <laughs> yeah. came from like the wilds the of canadians quebec. took over man <laughs> the wilds Whoa. from quebec and they came to force feed us croissant and well you know i don't know <laughs> It's like, like, you know, I mean, maybe that would be work as absurd as satire, but who knows? All right. Well, that that is all super fascinating. I love these kinds of stories as well. Thank you for chatting with us a little bit about that sort of trope in that genre. We're going to go ahead and jump into our brainstorming and see where this one takes us. So as a reminder, our plot that we're working with is shortly after being involved in a web of corruption, Sarah becomes tied to a mysterious house. I love the wording. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jenny pointed out as we found this that maybe she's tied by the web. <laughs> right. Like literally tied to the house by a web of corruption. There is, as we speak, an enormous spider outside my window spinning away. It's so big. <laughs> and so I was like, oh no, that's, that's... the web of corruption. <laughs> I know. Spider-Man has something to do with this Sp- plot. <laughs> It's like that Spider-Man meme, like, you? No, you? No. Is Sarah a spider? <laughs> Perhaps. Or is she the fly? Oh, she's tied to a mysterious house because she's in the window and you're spider. Come into fly. my parlor, said the spider to the fly. I really like that this could be taken both extremely metaphorically <laughs> or uh-huh. extremely literally. Like, I have this image now of, of this woman trapped in like this old Gothic style house that is literally entirely like encased in spider webs. <laughs> right. <laughs> that can be frightening to a, a large number of people. Yup, that's terrifying oh, to me. <laughs> it's like very, very Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw arachnophobia when I was little. And, mm. um, oh, no. <laughs> that it, it, that it. I suppose not really appropriate for somebody. Um, <laughs> my, I watched my, The Fly when I was seven, so. Uh, oh, Jeff Goldblum. Well. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. It's that, like, it's like, like the old one's kind of a Shakespearean tragedy, but the new one like, is terrifying. Like, you don't show that to a seven-year-old. <laughs> like life. <laughs> So I guess that's my first question is, do we want this to be literal, a literal web of some sort and a literal tying? Or do we want it to be a little bit more metaphorical that she's just is connected to this house in some way because a corruption deal has gone bad and now she's on the hook for the house or something. I don't know, (laughs) which is a little less exciting to me, but definitely could be something we pull out. I don't think the the web, as fun as that would be, uh, I don't think the, the web... Um, at least that she's trapped in is literal. There may be a lot of <laughs> spiders involved. We cannot discount that. <laughs> so spiders uh, on the back burner. Maybe we'll use you later. <laughs> yeah. She may be tied to it because there is a spider infestation. It sounds like an inheritance intrigue story. Yeah. Yeah, perhaps she is bit not by a radioactive spider, but perhaps <laughs> a, a spider that's, that uh, isn't as smart as the rest of the spiders. Uh, <laughs> And ends up uh, getting tangled into a uh, 
maybe a wire mesh that's stored up in the attic uh-huh. and becomes tied to the house that way. Is Sarah a spider? Is this what we're landing on? Uh, I'm just looking at the first part shortly after being involved in a web of corruption. It doesn't say getting involved implies that she was still involved when this when she gets tied to the house but this mm. is after she was involved oh so it could be like as she thought she was free from the web of corruption and now this house comes back and is somehow possibly, connected to that possibly yeah i'm free no here's like your may- house. like maybe you know i'm thinking something like witness protection or yeah so being tied to the house it could mean that she's like cannot leave the house that she is stuck inside the house for some reason is for, yeah for witness protection Ooh, reasons, house arrest she's not allowed yeah house arrest <laughs> Or that she now owns this house that she cannot pay estate taxes on. And can't get rid of because there's problems. Yeah, she can't get rid of it because the property's tied up in, I don't know. Escrow. Fancy financial dealings. Yeah, that I do not. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what escrow means. Escrow is like the money is in a place where it's safe, where neither you can can access it it or someone else can't access it. So it's it's off limits. Oh, I see. So so the house isn't wouldn't be entirely hers if it was an escrow right yeah like pending something yeah something like that and then this would be anyone who's legal can feel free to you know beat me over the head with a law book if i (laughs) screw that (laughs) it's not gonna be us (laughs) but if she is in witness protection that means maybe she can't move from the house because but it's falling apart around her because that's where they set her up and you know she really can't do much improvement on the house because she has no money or maybe they just um assigned her the exact same address in a different town oh because the government became inept um so you're like okay sarah now you're sarah Mm -hmm. and uh you're gonna live you're not living at 161 valley terrace there you're living at 161 valley terrace there and maybe there's a little bit of like a weird supernatural element to this like what if she what if they're putting her in houses whether it's witness protection or whether it's some other thing where they're they're giving her housing and somehow it is the same house like it's the same build it's the same rooms it's it's the same color oh that's creepy yeah and maybe the same address i like that too where she's like Eh. what is this why can i not leave this house and when she talks to anybody about it they're like what are you talking about like this house has always been here that old house you were in is also always been there (laughs) like these are two separate houses that exist from the 1890s i remember when that house was built I'm 120 years old. Because that could be an interesting like build of paranoia where she's like, she keeps trying to leave this house, but she can't go out and just get something on her own because she's not safe out there. Or the people who she was involved in the web of corruption with are going to come and hunt her down. And so there's like this double threat coming at her, one from the mysterious house that she doesn't even really know if it's a threat or not. It's just really creepy. The house (laughs) is And then on the other side, Yeah. And then when we don't, sometimes when she when she like looks away, suddenly the house is like, and sometimes it rearranges. She she tries to like she paints over one of the rooms in one of them, and then the next day the paint is back to original. Uh huh. Like she can't actually make any physical changes to the house because it will just go back to what it was the next day. We are about one week late for Halloween. Right, right. That's very interesting. Yeah. And even when she gets her new name and identity, it's always the same, but nobody seems to connect that. Or at least similar in ways that are close. Like, it's always the same house yeah. number, even if it's a different street, and it's always the it's same Sarah initials, even if it's a different name. Time. They'll never find you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
this this is an interesting twist on a haunted house but it's like the house the house is haunting her yeah like following her around like a like a ghost so i think at some point she needs to start investigating that you know the history of this house and obviously that's going to be the same wherever she goes <laughs> uh whichever version of the house she's in it's still the same history it just happens to be set in this town this is almost like an alternate <laughs> alternate parallel universe kind of situation <laughs> she's universe hopping she's universe hopping like a bunny that's a good setup and i believe that um even like the old key fits in the new lock and things like that um yeah cracks in the same place yes as an experiment she leaves something in a drawer and, and then, then it's like, at the, next, the house. next house it's still in the drawer i would agree with that and she can't really even fix it because no. even though she tries to fix it perhaps it the fix does not carry over into the next time she has to move yeah and that web of corruption could very well not be anything like mundane like bank fraud or anything like that it could be something supernatural as well or maybe something that she doesn't know until partway through is supernatural like maybe that initially she thinks it is just like this mundane thing and then finds that there is a supernatural element to it that these people are maybe finding her when they shouldn't be able to and it's because of the house somehow yeah, I don't, I don't think she'd suspect Supernatural until the house starts repeating. <laughs> it's like that. You started off grounded in realism and then it gets weirder and weirder. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, this house has the same layout. Oh, now it has the same wallpaper. I'm going to pause it real quickly because we have uh, the core of an idea. And so we're going to get a title before we go too far off the rails. <laughs> so let me give me a second. Let me generate a random title. Our title is Nick Lebowski and the School. Ooh. Which in no way connects to this. So I'm assuming that this has to be something about the house history. Oh. Did the house used to be a school? <laughs> Maybe. That, that's very... The old school house on the corner. It's now a yeah. house. And so it has all these weird rooms that were classrooms once Where or something. Where the desks were bolted to the floor. Yeah. And she keeps tripping over the, the little places where the bolts used to be and stuff. Yeah. Um, now who is Nick Lebowski so I think we have three possible options immediately. Exactly. We have Nick Lebowski is one of the people involved in the web of corruption who's coming after mm -hmm. her. Nick Lebowski is one of the people in the house who maybe in the house previously who has a history with the house. Maybe one of the students was like horribly hurt mm -hmm. there. Or Nick Lebowski is one of her witness protection aliases. <laughs> it could be short for Nicole Lebowski. I think maybe mm -hmm. he's buried in the backyard of each and every house. Ooh, you think he's Ooh, a history like of the that. house? I like that. Teacher, a student, an administrator, the architect. I would the say the janitor. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the janitor works. I think he he probably had like when he was initially at the school, he, he didn't have any family, so they they buried him in the in the back garden and yeah. he decided because he was on the property, he comes with the house. Maybe the changes she makes to the house don't automatically go back the next day. Maybe they stay with the house that she's in, but when she moves, then it goes back to the original look. And so she maybe the first time doesn't immediately remember. She's like, oh, this is the exact same layout as the original one, but maybe oh. it looks different enough that she doesn't immediately put together that it's the exact same house. But then she has the exact same neighbor, Nick Lebowski, who comes over and is like, hey, nice to meet you. He doesn't remember her from before. And it turns out it's because he's not actually her neighbor. He is, you the know, ghost. The, the ghost of someone from the school. Ooh. And so she keeps encountering him and the house wherever she goes. Yeah, maybe she even goes next door if she's able to. Yeah, and there's nobody there. <laughs> yeah, she's or she's tied to it, but it doesn't say how flexible. Yeah. 
the yeah. bonds are. Well, like maybe it is like a house arrest kind of situation or like where she, if she's not allowed to step foot outside the door. And so she doesn't until there's a, a desperate enough need. So that could be like the big, you know, two thirds of the way through the book. She finally is like, I have to get out because I have to figure out, I have to go find this person, follow him back to his house and figure out what's going on. And she goes mm. and some other random family is living there and is like, we have never heard of this person. Like she okay. sees him walk in the door, walk through the backyard <laughs> and he's just not there. Woo. Okay, so here's my question. Plot plot wise. Either the house and her connection to it is because of something the web of corruption people did. Mm-hmm. And like they have the witness protection people, you know, they're getting what are they called? Kickbacks. You know, yeah. if if we want you to put someone specifically somewhere will pay you to do that. And so they put mm-hmm. her in this house or there's some other connection she has to the house or develops mm-hmm. that is going to help her against the people coming after her. Like she could be the daughter or granddaughter of someone who Nick Lebowski was friends with at the right. school, like the one friendly person. And so he's connect, he's drawn to her and brings the house to her. Right. So there's two different ways to go here. It could be uh, that she is related to perhaps Mr. Lebowski was not such a nice guy at first. Uh, mm. He was perhaps his was the web of corruption. Oh, so he's the reason the house is cursed. Yeah, we learn later that Sarah was involved in this web of corruption because she never set foot in the school but she was sort of on the outside funneling in drugs mm-hmm. um no well but i'm wondering i'm wondering if there is like there's there's interesting opportunities here for like a an exploration of like generational cycles of of trauma continuing on down yeah. kind of thing and so i'm wondering if maybe she is maybe she's in a web of corruption because she was connected to something that on the surface seems really you know some fraudulent transactions and she got in trouble and she got caught in the middle and now she's on the run but maybe whatever whatever business or whatever group she was associated with that got her in trouble is someone who maybe got their start or got their money because of Nick Lebowski in some way. Now he's he's trying to kind of make his his legacy right by being like, I don't know, by finding a way to expose what he did in the past so he can get some kind of eternal rest kind of thing mm. or or making restitution to the to the people he stole from or he hurt or whatever he did when he was working. I think maybe he is the principal of the school, like someone in, in a, a place of power. Kind of like a Canterville ghost yeah. Situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, perhaps Sarah was the one that got caught up in the web of corruption that he was doing, and mm-hmm. now they're both uh, spirits, but she doesn't know it. Oh, ooh, or like the the uh, the others kind of thing, where she's stuck to the house because she literally cannot leave it, but she doesn't know why. <laughs> yes, she could kind of move around the area, but for the most part, she is stuck to that house in terms of like at, you know when they relocate her so to speak they're just you oh know. so so no so the one moment where she finally manages to get out of the house and go next door they can't see her oh <laughs> yeah. she's like john cena yeah yeah <laughs> yeah she's realizes then that she is also a ghost and hey. that's intriguing we have like a minute and a half left <laughs> to figure this out what are the pieces that are not quite gelling yet 
some of these are like open to interpretation of like, you know, you decide how the web of, of corruption exactly works out. But mm-hmm. is there a thematic piece that we have not gelled yet? Because I like the premise of this a lot. <laughs> I do too. Uh, the conclusion, do they rectify that? I mean, is it where... Oh, like, do, do they find do they find peace and enter the afterlife, or do they are they cursed to repeat it on and on and on, or do we leave that open ended? That's an interesting question. Is it just going to be a personal redemption arc, or mm-hmm. are they going to stop the people who were that they were involved with that are still doing the bad things? Maybe it's the kind of thing where, like, she helps him kind of, she helps Nick Nabowski kind of resolve his story, but then she still has to resolve her part in it. And so there's, like, a little bit of both. The idea that, like, there can be an ending, a resolution of some kind, but she's still she's still going to have to put in the work to make it happen. And she's still going to have to, you know, find another ghost of her own to help or another living person of her own to help put right the things that she did wrong or something. Well, she's not even living herself. So right. but if she helps, she notices or she figures out that that Nick is, is a, a ghost. And because he seems to be... It doesn't take much to clue him in, I guess, yeah. um, to his true nature. And she helps him. And in the course of that, helps herself. Yeah. It's a little trite. It's a little, <laughs> it's been done before. Um, but it's not a bad. But I think also, like, I think it's important to me that she has not finished helping herself. That, like, yes, it's a continual that, that... process. Is that she will have to... He finally reached his ending, but and she, you know, maybe maybe figured some stuff out or or put a little bit to right, but she still has more work to do before she is able to rest. And so it's not as immediately like wrapped up in a nice little bow. It's we've done one piece of this. You have a bunch more to do before you are able to kind of to relax. Yeah, and, to and it's kind of hinted at that maybe there's more that she's done. Yeah, but that she's accomplished one step on on a journey. Yeah, and that if there's a sequel. If people like it and this sells well, then there'll be more things. That exactly. <laughs> exactly. We continue to watch her journey as she redeems her past self. <laughs> okay. Well, that then brings us right to time. So we are gonna we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna pause right there. <laughs> we would love to hear you flesh this out a little bit. Um, yes, I want please. to. I want to know is Sarah. I want to know if Sarah's a ghost the whole time, or if she like is killed by the web of corruption people partway through and doesn't know it. <laughs> like I, I want to know. I want to know more about Nick Lebowski. I want to know more about the school. So listeners, if you are inspired by any of this, let us know. Send this on into us. We would love to share your ideas and hopefully inspire other folks with this as well. Because this is this is a really interesting, creepy ghost story that I think could be really fun. Yeah, I would also say that um, Nick is the little Lebowski. Yes. <laughs> for related for, to the uh, big Lebowski, but <laughs> yeah, it, this is for copyright reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the subtitle so, is the little Lebowski. <laughs> yes. So just just keep that in your parentheses. The yeah. little one. You know? Yes. Yeah. Not 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 teeny pirate size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, <laughs> not teeny pirate or, size. <laughs> but but average, li- you know, little Lebowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, folks, so we are going to go ahead and we're going to transition into our segment where we're going to recommend a story to to our listeners. I'm going to go ahead and in the vein of creepy stories, I just saw the newest Kenneth Branagh Agatha Christie adaptation, A Haunting in Venice, which is in no way connected to the story that it's loosely based on. (laughs) But (laughs) like, it's a completely different story. I didn't like Death on the Nile. I really liked Murder on the Orient Express. And 
I think this one lets Branagh do what I think he does really well, which is go (laughs) all vibes. Don't worry about the plot. (laughs) And so even though there is like a coherent mystery and there are definitely like, you know, you can work through it and start to figure things out, but it is absolutely just leaning into the creepy atmosphere of this, this weird old house in Venice and this mysterious thing going on. We've got these like dramatic camera angles <laughs> that, uh, that don't serve any kind of narrative purpose. It is all just about creating this, this fun <laughs> Gothic horror vibe. Nice. And I had so much fun with it. So if you, if you have enjoyed those at all, or if you like that kind of, <laughs> that kind of story, Haunting in Venice is, is worth a watch i think all right jenny i'm gonna to toss it to you what story would you like to recommend to our listeners this week okay so just last night i watched a movie of a stage production called peter pan goes wrong oh god i love that <laughs> that's so that good so hilarious you guys have seen it i have okay i've seen the the play that goes wrong and i've seen bits of peter pan goes wrong okay because so my my parents uh saw the play that goes wrong this last summer at the utah shakespeare festival and mom just loved it. And so we looked it up mm-hmm. and we found Peter Pan Goes Wrong. It's on YouTube. So just search for it. I was crying. I was laughing so hard. I've worked in theater. Hannah works in theater. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, <laughs> so just just for some examples, the big guy playing Nana the dog gets stuck in the door mm-hmm. and has to get chainsawed out while Mrs. Darling is trying to sing a lullaby. It's It's absolutely a good time. Just go look it up on YouTube and watch it. You will not regret it. It's kind of in the vein of uh, Noises Off, if you're familiar with mm-hmm. that play. I believe I've recommended that before. And it's just a hoot. So Peter Pan Goes Wrong. Go watch it. I saw the play that goes wrong live as well. And I remember just being amazed by how many different ways they found to play around with that idea. Because that could yes. be something that could be extremely repetitive. If it was just the same, you know, things going wrong and people reacting a similar way. But they do such a great job of crafting like this whole world so that there's yes. there are repeated jokes, but it always also finds a way to be fresh every time, which is really hard to do when the entire premise of your show is just things are going wrong. Yes. Like the, the actor who plays both John and Mr. Smee, because there's a lot of double casting, he can't remember his own lines. They have a big headset for him to wear. So he's wearing this thing with the radio antenna <laughs> the whole play. And so he's he just like, lines. Pick, thank you, mother. Like that was a lovely lullaby. Oh my gosh, Dennis, don't say it like that. Put some feelings <laughs> in your line. No, stop repeating this, you <laughs> yeah, idiot. <yeah>. You know? <laughs> Doesn't he pick up a radio signal at one point? Yes. Like- <laughs> Anyway, it's so good. Go watch Go watch Peter Pan Goes Wrong. All right. Uh, we're going to toss it to you, Al. You get to recommend as well. What's the story, any medium, any genre that you think our listeners should check out? Well, I'll give you two. One's a movie slash mockumentary called The History of Time Travel. Ooh. It is on Amazon Prime. It is basically what it says. It is the history of time travel. Um, how it was discovered, how it was how it's progressed over the years and um it throws you for a few time loops so you should watch carefully i recommend watching it with a friend the first time i saw it i when i i caught the few little jumps and whatever i was like i see you know like it was like (laughs) one of those big like huge um mind blown an epiphany moment yeah epiphany moment i think is the best thing it's like <laughs> i see what you did there yeah yeah i see that yeah and then for those people who like i guess not really alternate histories but just weird 
change like changes of history there's a book called the hinge factor hmm. and it's by i think eric b schmidt um if i'm thinking if i think his name is right but it is eric with a k and if i'm getting the name if i'm getting his last name wrong i'm very sorry but the book is called the hinge factor and it's about how little teeny decisions change history mm. like how in the civil war how the orders for i believe i can't remember if it was the first or second battle of antietam were given to all the confederate generals and one of the copies uh were wrapped up in some cigars and left at a uh, confederate campsite they were came across by union soldiers and it allowed the union soldiers to carry the day which helped turn the tide of the battle or the war towards the union and if that hadn't happened there was a, a decent chance that the confederacy would have been able to move much further into union territory so just uh, one example from that so i would highly recommend that those would be my, my two recommendations awesome thank you so much for joining us this was a really good creepy one and i really i really enjoyed yeah. where this landed <laughs> well i'm glad to be here it was it strange strange things happen yeah. um <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All right, folks, thank you so much. That is our episode. As a reminder, you can find us every other Thursday wherever you get your podcasts and join our Patreon for bonus material. Today, we especially want to thank our patron, Nathan, for supporting us. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WriteThisPod or on Facebook slash SomebodyWriteThis. And if you've been inspired by this episode and have questions or comments or a bit of story or anything else, email us at SomebodyWriteThis at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks. We'll see you then. And as they say, I gave an order to the cat, and the cat gave it to his tail.